Hi, welcome back to Something Private. This is a special episode. You guys can tell by the change in music, right? Ladies and gentlemen, turn it up, throw a little something like this, now drop the beat. You know the guys that run one of the OG hair removal parlors in Singapore, Strip? Well, they have another brand called Tulips, and they've invited us to join them on their little mission to teach you guys about your little sister. That's right, I'm talking about your vulva. We're clueless and a little embarrassed to talk about our vulvas, but we're so curious and we meddle with her all the time. Just think about all the hair removal hacks and cranberry juice tips all across social media. But caring for your vulvas is more than just an aesthetic conquest. She plays a big part in our overall health and well-being, so how do we keep our little sister well cared for? Join us as we voyage through the vulvas. With our friends at Tulips and Strip in a five-part mini-series every last Wednesday of the month. Before we carry on with our episode today, I'd like to thank our friends at Tulips and Strip for teaming up with us on this five-part special on Vava Care. Strip, one of Singapore's OG hair removal parlors and its sister brand Tulips, which invented the world's first luxury intimate Vava Care range, aims to provide solutions to make women feel more empowered in their own bodies. This is our last episode of the series where we spoke with a range of experts from a doctor specialising in sexual health to a telehealth care startup in Singapore empowering women to take charge of their sexual and reproductive health. Check out the previous four episodes in a playlist in the description box below. My name is Becky and I'm 26 years old this year. Uh, I am the founder of Haikini and as well as uh, a Team SG surfing athlete. Cool. Currently living in Bali. Nice. All of us are very envious <laughs> as we all haven't travelled in two years no, now. Two how's, years. It's crazy. How's the situation like over there? Like, all good? Um... Yeah, it's definitely not as strict. The situation has was crazy a few months ago, like mm-hmm. three months ago. It was very high, like all the cases. But now, now it's getting better. Tell me a bit about how you managed to get yourself to Bali and, and, and what's the situation like there now? So to understand how I got to Bali, we have to like rewind five, six years ago when I was still in university. When I finished my A-levels, I really wanted to go to Bali to surf, mm. right? So... I told my mom, like, okay, if I do well for A-levels and if I get into university, can you, can you pay for my surf trip? <laughs> so that was like, kind of like my motivation. And it, I was so stoked because it actually did happen. A lot of us, when we think about Bali, I don't feel like a lot of people think about surfing. How come that was something yes. that you decided you wanted to pursue? It was just kind of like a calling. I know when I was 14 years old, 15 years old, that age, I was like exploring a lot of activities and I was watching a lot of uh, TV shows and then you know Lilo and Stitch was a big thing back then and then surfing was uh, heavily featured in their show because yeah. it's based in Hawaii so because of that show I was like okay this is something I really want to try out I don't know why but I really want to do it and when I got the opportunity to do it I really fell in love with it and I never looked back ever since you know about this state like the flow state like when you do something you kind of you forget everything else around you you're just like so focused on this one sport and you're like able to fully immerse yourself mm-hmm. into a certain activity it can be music it can be dancing uh mine mine was surfing and then because of that experience i just kept going back to bali and so my personal goal i was like okay how can i get to bali and surf and not work in a corporate job where I can only have like maybe two weeks to a month of holidays a year. Like I don't, I don't want, I don't want that. Like I want to have my own 
freedom mm -hmm. and during my second year of university and third year of university that was when I started working on Haikini and Haikini is the reason why I can be here in Bali today. Mm, interesting. So tell me a bit about, I guess in summary, like what Haikini is. Yeah, so Haikini first and foremost, obviously we are a swimwear company, but then there's something a lot more deeper than that. Because when I first started Haikini, I was quite alone in my journey of surfing. Uh, you know, in university, you always uh, go with a group of friends to Bali and then and then have fun there. But then I was the only one who wanted to surf. Mm. And I always felt so alone. Like, okay, there's nobody I can do this with. I knew that there were girls who wanted to do it. They just random girls saw my Instagram profile and then they started messaging me about it. So we would, we would literally just meet up and we have never met before and mm -hmm. go on a surf trip. <laughs> Back then I was like, uh, 20, 21. And then they were about that age as well. So I knew that there were girls who were interested in it. Mm. And then suddenly I just kept getting more and more requests. And when I also started surfing, I bought a lot of swimsuits and it didn't work. They kept falling off or like the it was good for like maybe two, three, four times. And then after that, they, the, the material stretched out. So I was mm. like, okay, this is something that we are lacking in the market. This is back in 2017, 2018. Yeah, back then there was not many brands. We want to focus on functionality first and foremost. And then the second part is bringing girls together. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So it's interesting because Haikini has grown to be a homegrown Singaporean brand that I think a lot of girls have identified as, you know, kind of the go-to swimwear brand, if I can say so, like quite comfortably. I mean, I own a pair and I have oh. I love friends who, who, who have Haikini bikinis as well. So, oh my God, that is so nice to hear. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a brand that a lot of us recognise and I think that the reason why we resonate with it so much is because of, I guess, like the way you kind of present girls or, or, or how they are represented um, on social media through, through the pictures that you post and stuff, right? So I think let's yeah. talk a bit about how you use like bikinis and like hikinis and surfing right to be a tool of empowerment or like body positivity because i think um you know when you think about bikinis it's not often like the most empowering kind of outfit for a girl right in fact sometimes it highlights a lot of like our insecurities and like negative thoughts that we have about ourselves so from the beginning i knew okay uh, i knew the certain image that i wanted to portray which is definitely not like hiring stick thin girls to represent my uh, swimmer because I'm not selling to those girls. I'm actually selling to people who are just like me, average size or a little bit bigger. And basically what it, what it is, is to just help our customers imagine how they would look like mm -hmm. uh, in our bikinis. And it's not just about how we look like, but also how we feel. Like we feel carefree, we feel empowered and we don't we don't really care what people are saying about our bodies because all we want to do is to focus on that activity, which is, it could be surfing, it could be like snorkeling, diving, any water activities. So I was very consistent uh, with the fact that I just wanted my customers to wear it and people who look like my customers who wear it. And then I get a lot of messages saying that for the first time in my life, I feel comfortable wearing a bikini. Like, Back then, I have a lot of customers who didn't didn't wear any bikini mm. at all. Like they've never tried on a bikini because they were insecure about about their bodies. 
And then after trying Haikini for the first time, then their bikini journey kind of began from there, which I find it's like one of my biggest motivation to continue this brand. Like even on days where I'm like, oh my God, this is so difficult. But then I think about my customers and like the encouraging messages that they sent me about how they feel more confident in a Haikini. Wow, that is, I think that is like the best thing that has happened mm. to this brand. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering if you can share about, you know, an experience where you maybe were a bit more um, insecure or like uncomfortable with your own body and how you kind of move past that period yeah. of time. Um, I think this was, okay, so this, this was when I was 13, when I first wore my bikini. When I first wore it, I just felt so insecure. Like, I didn't want to... I know what? The funny thing is that my mom was the one who pushed me to wear a bikini. Mm. Because, okay, you're 13 now. It's time to get off the... The one the, piece. The kitty swimwear and uh, it's time to, like, buy a bikini. So she actually bought my first bikini for me. For me. Um, growing up, from, like, 13 to to 16, I was quite insecure. I didn't... I was always about, like, okay, I want to look... I, I want to, like, diet today. Mm. I don't want to eat today. And okay, wait, I don't look like the person in the magazine, so I, I need to change something about myself. But surfing, I mean, I, I don't really talk about this, but like actually surfing was uh, something that gave me a lot of body confidence because you're not just focusing on your body, what it can look like, but what it can do for you, your functionality, your training. And uh, when you see other surfer girls like rocking their bikini, surfing, as the best that they can, it just make, it gives you a lot of motivation. Like, wait, I, I, this is not about my body anymore. This is about what my body can do. So I need to change my mindset. I, I know that this is not how I feel, and I know that this is not how I want other girls to feel. Mm. Mm. So I'm interested, to know because like, like I mentioned, and we briefly touched about it just now, but like, yeah, the bikini is quite like revealing, right? I mean, it's yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a very like sexy. My bikini is very. <laughs> I think it. I think it is because there is no full cut. I know people have been asking me to do full cut bikinis, but I'm like, no, cheeky bikinis are the best. <laughs> they make your booty look good. Yeah, I was they gonna make, say they make small butts look bigger than they are. <laughs> yeah, and also like the tan line that you get once like you yeah. go out, very nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah. How do you encourage like your customers and the girls who don't feel so confident in their own skin to you know put on a pair of like hikini mm-hmm. and then feel like confident? How do yeah. you get them to shift that kind of like perception? Hmm, that's a really good question because I always thought that like let's say okay, in one group, for example, there are four girls. One girl tries the bikini and it looks good. Obviously, the other three girls want to try it out too, and then they realize that wait, this is actually so much better than my other bikinis that I have. Mm. And it's all about like engaging that one influencer or like opinion leader in the group, which dares to try uh, these bikinis out. And then they will naturally like influence their friends to do the same. Okay, one person buys it and like, oh my God, this is great. Let's go get more. And, and, and then people ask like, okay, what about my butt? Like, what if it's revealing, but it's, it's okay. I think when your friend tells you it's okay, and then naturally, you'll be like, ah, I, I, yeah, it's okay. So like my my job is to just show that like the bikinis can be revealing, but not sexualized. Mm, mm, you know, mm. I don't sexualize my models. I think I just want them 
to be in their natural state. I want them to be confident and I want them to be happy wearing the bikini, like not conscious about like little fat sticking out. Mm. And when you show that and not just scream it into someone's face, the people who are right for the brand, the people who fit like our target market, they will naturally want to try it out. At the end of the day, the bikini has to be good. And how we do that is like we source for the a very, very good materials that doesn't stretch out and you can, that you can some, something that you can use for let's say two or three years. And then when I design the bikinis, I also take into account like okay, how would this sit on the waist? Mm. Would people be comfortable like standing up, sitting down, uh, laying down? All these kind of different situations you want to take into account. To the, it has to be comfortable, and for the bottoms is, um, it's very it's quite straightforward. Like both instead of like the thin lining that you usually see in uh, fast fashion companies, we actually double line them so that it's thick and nothing nothing shows. Like your vulva will won't be showing. Mm-hmm. And also for the tops, it goes through a lot of testing. Um, we first test it out of the water, jumping around, doing yoga. Whatever, and then we have to go into the water, and then when you go into the water, it's a totally different story because how the fabric uh, becomes when it's wet—is it heavier, and does it have like extra fabric uh, coming out, or mm. is it revealing? Is it revealing uh, your chest area, even though on on land it's fine? Like all these different consideration uh, comes into play, and then that's why we take a lot of time in designing new cuts. Mm. And they make people feel really good about their bodies. Mm. Mm. I want to talk a bit about um, body positivity. A lot of the times, it's a lot easier to be like, you know, just wear something and you 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 feel comfortable. Don't care about what people think. But the reality is that a lot of the hatred that we have, or like the negative self image that we have about our own bodies, right, comes from like within. So I'm wondering, how do you kind of like? marry the the two right having like a being an owner of a swimwear company you know something that's usually seen as like sexy and you know really truly upholding like what body positivity body positivity is supposed to be it's a tough question because i have gone through that phase of like wanting to be thin and wanting to fit into this like perfect Mm. image and then as i start my company I don't want to be perpetuating this idea of having the perfect body before you can wear a bikini. I want people to be happy in their bodies because it is my journey as well. Like I am growing with this company. Like some days I feel like, oh my God, like my body looks great. And then the yeah, other days I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't want to wear cheeky bottoms today. I think I'm, I'm going to go for a high waist bottom because mm. that kind of like sucks everything in. It's two different ends you're being pulled to. Like one end is where you're like loving your, your body first and uh, loving your your curves, you're loving your flaws, and not not needing, uh, not being pressured to change anything. Whereas the other side is like, oh, I'll be much happier if I looked a certain way. You know, I feel like that is something that a lot of girls are struggling through. I personally like have talked to some of my customers, mm. and I keep up with their stories. And um, recently, I saw a post from one of my customers saying that like it's always a difficult journey with your body. Like some days. You feel good about yourselves and then the other other days you you really want that change so i think that you can love your body but you can also want to change it at the same time and this is 
what I've been going through. Like, okay, I loved, I, I love my body, but I think that my mind and my confidence will improve if I start going to the gym or if, if I start being active again. This is something that I want to, I want to share in Haikini is that you don't, yes, we can look good and we can love our body the way it is, but change isn't bad either. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. I find it very interesting because I, I, I noticed that on Haikini, um, a lot of like the customers who whose pictures you have reposted, right? And that, you know, yeah. love Haikini are girls that are not, that don't fit the conventional kind of like um, standard of, I would say, beauty. Although I would yeah. say it's controversial, right? I'm not saying that there should be a standard of beauty. I'm just saying that these women yeah. are very confident and very open about how yeah. they love themselves. And that's so nice to see. I'm, yeah. I'm curious to know, like, do you think that in general, like in our society, like girls are becoming more, you know, self-accepting and like, you know, putting themselves and like their needs first? Definitely. I think I'm always so happy when someone posts a photo in their haikini and they're rocking it with like confidence. That to me is like my motivation to want to design better bikinis for them. And it is also teaching me that I need to like love myself more sometimes. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. We're taking a short break. Something Private is a podcast produced under local media publisher, Our Grandfather Story. This episode was made in collaboration with our friends and Vavacare experts, Strip and Two Lips. So while we're on the topic of Haikini bikinis, I'm already thinking of my next trip to the beach. And if you're thinking the same, pro tip, you should also be thinking of applying sunscreen around your pelvic area because it's also skin and it needs protection from the sun. Most conventional sunscreens are formulated with SPF care, focused mainly on the face and body. But Tulips has designed sunscreen that works perfectly for more delicate areas near the vulva, such as the bikini line, which makes it perfect for whole body use on pool and beach days as well. All of Tulips products are gyne and derm tested. Check out tulips.vip to find out more. Now back to the episode. Talk me through your process of like how you source for like materials, what goes into your mind when thinking about creating a bikini, what are some like values that you want to uphold? First of all, the sourcing, everything is done in Bali. My sourcing is uh, from what, basically what is available here. Also, Bali is just so close to Singapore. It's much easier to just hop on a, pl- hop on a plane, come here and then just start looking for suppliers. A lot of uh, independent brands from Australia and uh, some European European brands also do like basically 100% of the production here. So knowing that I naturally uh, came to Bali and also that I can surf here. So why why not like two, kill two birds with one stone? I can live here, I can surf and also, I can also grow my business. Mm. Yeah. Um, one before I started sourcing for my fabrics, I looked at like the look. I looked at local options in Singapore as well, but there are no. I try to look for a swimwear tailor. There is no swimwear tailor in Singapore. They don't even have uh, lycra fabric. Mm. They don't even have like a big selection of lycra fabrics in Chinatown and wherever I've like searched everywhere and there's nothing. But then when I came to Bali, there was just an abundance of uh, the colors and and textures, and you could also print your fabric here, which is awesome. Mm. All of our sol- solid colored fabrics are made in Indonesia. Mm. Yeah. So it's and ethically and 
locally, locally and ethically sourced. Yeah, it's like sourced. locally sourced. Mm. Yeah, locally sourced, uh, Lycra, and then for our recycled swimwear, it comes from Italy, and uh, the some of the the fibers are from China, but then they bring it to Indonesia and then they weave it. They weave it here mm. in Java. And then it moves on to the cutting of the bikini. When I when we first started, obviously we wanted to focus just on surfing bikinis. Mm-hmm. Surfing bikinis, I I mean bikinis that will stay on. So some people actually take my bikinis to go do yoga, to go to go pole dancing. The first time I received an Instagram story mention of someone doing pole dancing, I'm like, wait, this interesting. Is, this is really this is really cool. Obviously, because pole dancers they hang upside down, and um, they want they don't want the vulva show, showing. Yep, yep, yep. So naturally, I guess they tried it out and they really loved it. And then I started getting more uh, pole dancing customers. So this is a trick I I learned from my pole dancing customers because they asked me to measure if my bikini bottoms are like four fingers wide or three or four fingers wide. It has to be like at least three fingers wide and then four to be safe. I think for the vulva, um, for the for for the vulva area, like for the crotch vulva area. So I, uh, ever since then, I have designed my bottoms to have better vulva coverage mm. um, for like my pole dancing customers who always like split leg yeah. post on IG. <laughs> I see, I see. So, yeah. <laughs> which means that if it's like a four finger, that's the rule of thumb, yeah. right? If it's a four finger yeah. coverage. Rule of the four fingers. <laughs> Cute, cute. It's a fun fact that I didn't yeah. know. Actually, if if you think about it, like most customers in Singapore, they just kind of wear their their hikinis to go to the beach club. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you do? What do you do in your hikini? I feel <laughs> called out. Me. Hey, I went stand up paddling <laughs> with it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but stand up paddling is like you don't really need that much. You're okay, right. you fall into the water and then. No, I mean as in the functionality wise. Yep. Like, yep. It's great. It's great for you. Like, you don't have to adjust or anything. Um, but yeah, it's like stand up paddling and and like sitting at the beach club. And <laughs> <laughs> I feel so cold. Which is fine. <sighs> so Honestly, funny. there are not much activities to do. Yeah. Do do in Singapore, right? Becky, so I would love to be is... in Bali with you right now. Honestly. Yeah. Previously, everyone was traveling. Everyone was bringing their bikinis to jump into the waterfall mm. you okay you need it to stay on mm. right now you're stuck in singapore most like 80 percent of my sales come from singapore and i know that like sometimes it's also it's also maybe time for me to explore more like lounge pieces mm. so my goal at the moment is just to design for like a a wide range of activities a wide range of situations and also being able to like present them in a way that customers would understand and not just like okay, you see a pretty photo mm. of of someone wearing hikini, and then and then you buy. It. Like I want it to be a more like meaningful relationship. So all the cuts are with the customer in mind and what they would be doing at that moment. Like if you need more coverage at a certain area, that's what yeah, that's what we'll try to do as much as we can. Mm. I'm curious to know. So what yeah. are some of the common design like concerns that your customers have or that you take into mind when designing a bikini i think okay um most of my customers also have like because they're asian so they have like smaller chests <laughs> so they want like some push-up effect if people ask me like can i put a push-up do you have push-up padding unfortunately no we don't but we have our swimwear actually makes your 
boobs look bigger than they should be. Also, personally, I don't have a lot of boobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I try to design them in a way that like will make it look flattering. Like, like, more, more, yeah, more flattering. <laughs> yeah. So that's for the tops, and then for the bottoms, people have concerns with like muffin tops. Mm-hmm. You know? So they usually they want like a more high waisted option. So we try to we have that option for them, and. Uh, some people like higher uh, bikini bottoms that sits higher at the waist, so they're like more of an '80s cut. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but that kind that that those bikini bottoms that are like regular bikini bottoms that sit higher on your waist and come up to maybe halfway through to your belly button, those actually elongate your legs. So we are actually in the process of doing a guide. Okay, if you want to. Shorten mm. your torso. This is the, the style that you choose. Mm. If you want to lengthen your legs, this is the bikini bottoms that you can choose. Like if you want to hide your arms, if you're not happy with your arms, if you want more coverage, then okay, choose the off-shoulder tops because mm. those have like a very flattering like princess neckline, and also great for girls with very big busts. I think in the past, um, a lot of people looked for bikinis that maybe were featured around like their tops a little bit more but in like recent years I would say that a lot of people are more focused on like the the bottoms right yeah all about the bottoms how it makes your booty look the cheeks yeah definitely at first it was like the Brazilian bikinis where it was just a thong Mm. and then the surf bikinis where it's like a little scrunch or no scrunch but they're still cheeky with like a, a wider band but you know I always tell this to my customers that cheeky bottoms stay on better than full coverage bottoms and I'll tell you I'll tell you why when you're surfing or when you're doing any water sports the full butt coverage actually has more surface area for the water to enter and then push it down I whereas see. the cheeky bikinis they, they are like up your up your booty and they have lesser cloth right so uh, the water cannot push it down as much, like the force of the water. Yep, yep. Yeah. So that's why I like, I love wearing cheeky bottoms to surf. Mm. They just stay on a lot better. And usually the cheeky bottom, or like the full coverage bottoms will be like scrunched up in the middle of mm, your mm. booty also. Mm. So yeah, that this is, this is why Interesting. I think that cheeky bikini bottoms stay on much better than full coverage bottoms. <laughs> so it's interesting because, I mean, in, if, if that's the line of logic, right, it means that, like, less, like, particles and bacteria and, like, potentially fish could get into your bottles. <laughs> Am I right to say that? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I would rec- always tell my customers or advise them to take out their wet bikini bottoms as soon as they get out of the water and, at most, leave it on for, like, an hour. But then a lot of people are very have uh, are very sensitive to getting uh bv or any other infections so they have to make it a point to just change out of the wet bikini bottoms into dry ones because in the ocean although it's really good for you there's also a lot of like bacteria and like microorganisms in there and you don't want that like like on you mm-hmm. or for a long time mm-hmm. so Personally, if you are somebody who visits the beach quite a bit, what are your like tips for, I guess, like maintaining good hygiene? Definitely what I talked about, like changing out of your bikini bottoms. And for bikini care, I first personally prefer to wax or sugar, but ultimately that decision 
it's it's just personal preference whether someone wants to remove their hair or not it's totally up to them it's totally fine and I also don't think that we should judge someone for not doing it or for doing it mm-hmm, mm-hmm, even mm-hmm. though Hakini we just only offer bikinis at the moment but we're also expanding into rash guards and next year we will doing we'll be doing like soft suits and also leggings because I think that if you're someone who is under the sun a lot you're uh, you're exposed to a lot of like U, uh, UV rays and from 10, 10 a.m. onwards to 3 p.m. If you're constantly under the sun, it's better to just protect your skin, wear rash guards and leggings and even a hat mm. and zinc sunscreen. Zinc sunscreen. Zinc oxide sunscreen is something that is not very popular in Singapore, but over here is a must-have. Mm. Zinc, uh, zinc oxide it's like a thick concealer that stays on your skin and acts as a acts as a physical barrier. Interesting. Um, that protects your that protects your skin, so you don't get wrinkly and yeah, you you don't age as fast. <laughs> cool. I'm laughing because one of our producers is googling. <laughs> anyway, um, I think because you know you had your own vehicle, which was like surfing, right? But yeah, like for, yeah. For Singaporeans here, we don't we don't get the surf. Yeah. I know, because, I mean, I don't want to say this, but Singapore is a really superficial society. You're right. <laughs> yeah, and we can go a lot deeper into this next time, or even just like, just me and you, but it is how we look like, it is what we do, how much money we earn, mm. and less on what we can do for ourselves and for other people. Through Hikini, I do not want it to be superficial. Even though it's a fashion brand, it's about what people wear. But at the end of the day, it's like how you use the item of clothing to express yourself, whether it is through surfing, volleyball, pole dancing, it has to be an article that empowers you mm. to do something like bigger than yourself. Mm. That's really nice. When we, fo- when we shift our focus from what our body looks like to what it can do, I think that it really helps you to uh, overcome that body image issue. Don't focus on the end goal, but focus on just showing up. If you want to do something, show up. And if you want to love your body, you can't just magically expect yourself to like love your body one day. You have to take like active steps mm. towards uh, noticing what you like about yourself. Maybe today my eyes look beautiful or my skin looks beautiful. Anything, you have to journal it down and you have to like, make a point to be grateful for what you have and not what you don't have. It's not just like practicing, but also like watch what you consume on the internet, on social media. Mm, I really like that. That's a very, very good piece of advice because I think you can kind of like spiral, right? But You can spiral and be like, oh shit, like okay, this girl is body positive and then the other girl is like all about like dieting and she looks so great. Like, okay, so what do you want? First, you figure out what you want and then take active steps to achieve it. Mm. And I think journaling about what you have will bring a lot of gratitude to yourself and your body or or what it already is. I think one thing that is so striking about you as an individual is that you are a young woman who... You were also a product of like the Singaporean society, right? But you were like, you know what? I'm done. I'm leaving. I'm going (laughs) to go pursue my dreams and live all of your dreams. Right, so I, I guess the question is, how do you do that? Like, how are you so yeah. confident, you know? Like, were you not afraid in, in, in making that step? Yeah, I think this is something that 
everybody face at one point it's like they're kind of looking towards other people and be like okay how did she do that mm. and in the beginning i never thought that i couldn't and i think that is why i'm here now is because i had like the self efficacy to move myself from away from singapore to bali and just kind of went for it and see how it goes i think all of us are very fortunate in singapore but a lot of people don't want to take that step because of their their own personal reasons nobody makes like a crazy decision they only make a decision that is that they can they can handle so for for me this is something that i could handle but maybe not something that other people could handle at the end of the day it's just like believing in yourself uh, it took me like 3 4 years before i made my made up my mind to move here so it is all just in the mind Yeah, it's mm. just all in your mind. Like there are some things that I think that I cannot do. I look at someone else and be like, "How did she do that?" You know, I can't do that. But actually, you can. You can do anything you want to do. There's really no good, no good way to convince someone because you cannot convince someone. They have to convince themselves. Mm. To everybody who is listening, just take that step, that first step. Whether it is like contacting suppliers. Uh, watching YouTube videos to learn about something, whether it's crochet, you want maybe you want to do crochet, maybe you want to do jewelry. Don't think about like ten steps ahead, and don't 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 compare your first steps to someone else's like a thousand steps. You know, because with all these like information on the internet, sometimes you get overwhelmed. Like, oh, should I even be doing this? Yeah. But if it makes you happy, why not? If it makes you, if it makes you grow and it makes you learn more about yourself, just go and do it. There's really no loss. Cool. That was great, Becky. Thanks a lot for your nuggets of wisdom. That was very wise. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Becky. Thank you. Thank you. So happy to be here.